0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to Minton in Politics, where change is political. My name's Ian Duncanson, and I am the host of this podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking with Sean Lundy, and we're going to be kind of picking apart some of the different terms and identities associated with the LGBTQ plus community. Um, so, you know, we're gonna we're gonna look at a lot of these different terms that are thrown around, and kind of dive a little bit deeper into the actual lived experience of what some of these terms mean. Um, I think it's easy to, with Googling things, for people to look up a term that they hear about and get one definition and have an understanding that everything within that uh, experience must be exactly as that definition is. And it is a lot more complex than that. So we're going to kind of share some of our own stories we're going to pick apart some of these terms and explain how there are uh, really more of a spectrum of experiences. We're going to talk about uh, breaking the binary a little bit, kind of looking at uh, what's outside of this or that, one or the other, yes or no, male or female, etc. And so we're going to kind of dive dive into that topic as well. Um, so I really encourage you to listen with an open mind, and you know try and find some elements that maybe you can take out of this and apply uh, in your life. Um, And then also feel free to share this podcast with other people who you think are maybe having a little bit of trouble understanding some of these terms or who might benefit from getting a little bit of a deeper understanding. This podcast is meant to be educational. And obviously, Sean and I don't have all of the experiences of every word that we're going to talk about today or every every person uh, within the community even. So, you know, if you have other things that you think are important to highlight and share, please email me at mittenpolitics gmail.com and I will do my best to include them in a future episode. I'm actually breaking this one into part one and part two because uh, there was just so much to talk about and I don't want to throw up an hour and a half long episode. So this is, I'm going to play part one today and then a couple of weeks from now, we'll go ahead and put out part two uh, to kind of cover the full full experience of what Sean and I are, are sharing. So with that, I will go ahead and dive, dive in. All right, I'm here today with Sean Lundy. Thanks so much for joining me, Sean.
1: Hi, I'm. thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I just, I feel like this is a, a really important topic that uh, I realize that as someone who has been Im- immersed in the queer community myself for several years, I feel like a lot of the stuff we're gonna cover tonight is uh, kind of somewhat commonplace for me, though I'm constantly learning and growing. And uh, what I've recognized is that for a lot of people outside the community who are allies, who may not have been involved in talking about gender and um, you know, the difference between gender identity and non-binary and all of the different things that we're gonna kind of cover today, uh, this can seem foreign or it can be difficult to understand unless you actually have a resource to kind of teach you these things. Um, so since we're talking about gender for the podcast, I figured we could open uh, just by sharing pronouns if you're comfortable with that. Um, so my pronouns are he, him, his. Um, and yeah, absolutely. What are yours?
1: Uh, my pronouns are they, them, and theirs.
0: Wonderful. Thanks for sharing. I appreciate that. Another thing uh, regarding pronouns, and we'll talk about this more later, is um, that it's it's completely acceptable if someone does not feel comfortable sharing their pronouns or does not want to share them, and. I realized you know through conversation especially that you know if someone chooses not to share their pronouns it's not necessarily because they disagree or have an issue with the concept of pronouns but rather can sometimes also be a matter of uh, not necessarily knowing their pronouns or not having something that represents their current um, you know or represents their identity and that that's okay as well. So um, I always like to say if you would like to share them. (laughs) So we're gonna go through a number of, of topics here. Um, and I figure we can start by just kind of defining a couple of terms that people throw around uh, pretty frequently. Uh, the first one uh, being sex. And so how would you go about defining sex?
1: So I would define sex as like basically what your chromosomes are in, in most cases, what your your genitalia are based on like your chromosomes. Like most people are either xx which is like a biological female or xy which is like a biological male um but there's also a lot of intersex people who don't fit into just those two binary uh chromosome pairs there's a lot of people that have uh three chromosomes and like different combinations of x and y
0: yeah absolutely that's how i would define it too i typically i think of sex as biology and uh, a lot of the arguments out there right now are that, you know, that gender is biological, male and female. And there's two things wrong with that. Uh, the first is that uh, gender and sex are two different things. And the second thing wrong with that is that biology is not male or female. There's actually, you know, you talked about intersex. Um, there is there is a spectrum of even the way that biology uh, represents itself. And I would also argue that biology is not, you know, when we compare, you know, sex versus gender, biology is not the final word on uh, so on who someone is. It's, it's definitely your genetic code, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Gender identity is one of those things where like, it's such an abstract concept that, well, I guess it can be abstract, but it's hard to really pinpoint like a set definition because Depending on like who you talk to, it can mean something different to them. Um, I would say to begin with, gen- like at least gender, in the way that most people not in the LGBTQ community view it, it's just they view it as well. That's just what you're born as. Um, but there's so much more that goes into um, like gender, like gender roles that society constructs.
0: I I think of uh... So when we talked about sex a little bit, but I think of sex as being, you know, male, female, intersex. Um, Whereas I think of gender identity as being more along um, a spectrum of somewhere between or outside of man to woman. And so, you know, you, you may be biologically male, but you may actually be a woman. You know, and and the, you can debate the terminology, but that's that's one way that I conceptualize it is that you know we we think of gender identity as you know a step beyond the biology. It's uh you know thinking about your how you feel, who you feel you are. Do you feel? Um, and and you touched on societal norms a little bit, but you know gender norms, but. How do you feel? Do you feel male? Do you feel feel female? Do you feel like a man? Do you feel like a woman? Or do you feel like neither? And we'll talk talk a little bit more about non-binary in a moment. Um, but gender identity is really like who you are, whereas sex is in your genes.
1: Right. I think it's also important to note that um, what like like the biology aspect, like your biological sex, it that's like a like it doesn't really ever change regardless of like what you identify as or if you transition to like a different identity. But I think it's important to note that gender identity can be fluid and can vary uh, for a person over their life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good point, I think. Um, And that that takes us to the next step, which um, I would further like to define gender expression, because I think that there's there's even a difference between gender identity and gender expression and gender expression is kind of how you express the gender you feel to others. And so, you know, that can be uh, thinking about elements of masculinity or femininity that are expressed um, in the way that you interact with others, the clothing that you choose to wear, the, um, you know, the makeup that you choose to wear, the, You know anything that that has to do with how you express who you are and and I don't think that that expression is inherently male or female so that's where I think it takes it on to another level is that it's more looking at like the masculine feminine uh spectrum which again is is another kind of binary that things don't have to fit into one or the other of those
1: right and like and like another thing to note is that like even um like conceptualizations ideas of what is masculine and what's feminine is like largely subjective and I think that there's like these different spectrums of like masculine and feminine that can even have a lot of overlap is just really cool
0: yeah I I would agree I think um I mean it's (laughs) when you think about that gender itself people you know will joke that gender is a social construct but it's true because we have determined and <clears throat> we have determined what is masculine. We have determined what is feminine. And we have then imposed that as a society on everyone. And if you think about what's considered masculine today versus what was masculine, you know, 50 years ago versus what was masculine a thousand years ago, it's it's different. It's ever changing. I mean, in the 60s, sure. it was masculine for men to wear, you know, pants that, uh, you know, flared out at the bottom and, you know, big bowl cuts and, you know, colorful mm-hmm. arrangements of clothing. And that was still considered masculine at the time, you know, so it, it is a construct and it does change over, over time. So when we talk, since we're talking about masculinity, I think uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't address like toxic masculinity which i think a lot of times people get defensive even at the you know the the words um, and and what i think of and maybe you can share if you think there's something different but i i view toxic masculinity as an effort to suppress parts of who you are for the goal of representing what you believe society's depiction of masculinity is while also ostracizing or belittling others for not living up to the standards that you yourself are striving to.
1: That's a really good definition, in my opinion. Um, And from my experience with like seeing toxic masculinity in other people, like it seems that the people that are most offended by even like the mention of like any kind of toxic masculinity, even just in an abstract way, they're the ones that seem to be most indoctrinated with toxic masculinity.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And in some cases they've experienced trauma growing up, maybe being raised in households where they were told that boys don't cry or to not be a wimp or to, you know, that men do this, men don't do that. And you need to, to grow up. You need to be a man. Um, And, you know, I I was fortunate that I grew up with a father who represented um, more of a compassionate and, you know, some would say feminine side, as far as there aren't certain gender norms that are required of men, though, of course, he still had some biases. He still had some expectations about, you know, what was male and what was female and I remember cars that I wanted to buy that were supposedly, like, I wanted a, a Pontiac Sunfire so bad, and those were considered, like, a feminine car. That was a car for girls, <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't understand why. I like it, like, and so there, there's stuff like that, but I never had the the degree of toxic masculinity where you needed to be afraid of anyone seeing you as feminine or anyone seeing you as you know, something other than this big, strong, (laughs) anti-emotional rock, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. All right. Well, we've talked uh, now about sex. We've talked about gender identity and gender expression. Um, And so now I guess we can talk a little bit about sexual orientation, which is what most people outside the community think of when they think of gender and sexuality, that's the first thing they think of is that it's all about sexual orientation, which it's not. <laughs> sexual orientation is, is its own thing. Um, and so I've the way I've kind of come to understand sexual orientation as a concept is, um, you know, who you are attracted to uh, in relation to your own identity is kind of how it's, how it's grouped in terms of some of the different terms. Mm-hmm. Um. what do you think do you have a, a better way that you would kind of understand that or explain I mean that?
1: I think that's a pretty good just like I don't know like basic de- like umbrella definition I think that's a really good way to put it especially for uh, like people like outside the queer community that are looking to like learn more I think that's a great way to put it
0: yeah and I think because I think it gets a little bit more complicated than just like you know gay or straight which is what I think a lot of times people think of. They might throw bisexual in there, and, um, you know, as like the in the in the middle, um, <laughs> but there's even a lot of misunderstanding, I think, about bisexual individuals.
1: I guess the one I encounter the most is that people assume that like people that identify as bisexual, like their level of attraction is like literally 50-50, like between like men and women. And like, that's rarely the case. Like people, some people have preferences and there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, along those lines, I think people, I I think people assume either 50, 50, or they assume it's like 100% of both. So like, like if I'm bisexual, I must be attracted to both men and women at the same time. And I want one of each, right? (laughs) Like that's, that's what people assume from the outside. Yeah. Um. So, okay, so let's go, go through a couple of the terms. So typically people hear L G B T Q uh, I A and and there are more letters, but mm-hmm. um, so the L is for lesbian, which typically refers to women who love women. Uh, G is for gay, typically men who love men. Uh, B for bi, which we just talked about. Um, and then T is trans, which we'll get to in a minute. That's not a sexual orientation. That's That doesn't fit under this category. <laughs> so we'll talk about that um, in, a, in a few minutes. Um, and then I would be for, typically for intersex, mm-hmm. uh, which we addressed as part of biology. I think um, we skipped Q. Yes, you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Do you want to cover Q?
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> So I've actually um, seen uh, Q as representing two different words in like the LGBTQ acronym. I've seen it to like designate queer, which is just like typically used or generally used as just like a more broad, like label for people that are within like the LGBTQ like identities, but don't necessarily like having to designate specific like labels for themselves. Um, The other use that I've seen for Uh, Q and the acronym is uh, questioning um which I thought was really interesting I hadn't seen it as often but I think um that's a good thing to have in there because people who are just like kind of exploring things and trying to figure out who they are who they're attracted to but don't really know yet I think it's good to have that label of um questioning in there to like just keep them included and like so we can like strengthen that community
0: yeah absolutely um And then the A, so thank you for that. I I agree. Mm -hmm. I think those are important. And then the A, um, I've heard represent asexual. That's the one that Mm -hmm. um, I think makes sense in terms of the community. Um, And then I've also heard another A for ally, Um, though. I hadn't heard
1: that. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, that was more (laughs) back when I was in college. And I don't, I personally don't really think it belongs because I think that it's great to be an ally, but... Um, I don't think you get to consider yourself a member of the community. I think that's the whole point is that you're an ally to the community. Um, and so a couple other terms regarding sexual orientation that I did want to cover just since we've, we've covered that. I think everyone knows what straight or heterosexual means.
1: Can I put Um, one thing in about, um, asexual real quick? Yes. So I've only just like recently been learning more about like what asexuality is, and I was really misinformed. But I'm glad to have learned. I was had been under the impression that like asexuality just like you know you don't you're not interested in like sex or anything like that. Or you don't feel sexual attraction. But um, apparent like I learned that asexuality is also a spectrum. Like a lot of identities for the queer community. Um, I know one person. She she's identifies as being asexual, but the way she described it to me, she said, um, for me, it's like, I enjoy sex, but I don't need it. So like she said, I can live with it and I can live without it. It's just not something that I inherently need in like a relationship or in life. And I think that was a really good thing to, for me to learn. I'm really glad she told me that. And I, I wish more people knew about that because I feel like asexual people get like, I don't know a lot, I don't know. They're the target of like a lot more criticism, at least from what I've seen online.
0: Yeah, I, I really appreciate you sharing that, and I agree. Um, I I listened to another podcast put on by the Center for Relationship and Sexual Health here in Royal Oak, um, and they've they've talked some about uh, asexuality and the fact that it is more like that that spectrum where there are uh, people who identify as asexual who are more sexual or less sexual and who are maybe more sexual under certain circumstances and less sexual under others. And like you said, people who enjoy sexual encounters but it's not like a driving force, it's not like a a necessity. um, And it may may not be, you know, for some people it may not be on their minds when they're out and about and noticing people. They may be attracted to someone's personality without having an immediate sexual attraction to someone as well. Right. Um, so another, and this one doesn't always have a letter because some of these terms are a little bit newer and, and dive a little bit deeper, um, but pansexual is one that more people may be familiar with that uh, is oftentimes conflated with bisexual, but pansexual is more about uh, a removal of gender as a qualification for attraction um, or gender expression or sex as a qualification for attraction and is more about the, the, the person, whoever that person may be, whatever they may be, look like, however they may identify being attracted to the person and not the gender. And then another one I wanted to cover, uh, which is one that people may not be as familiar with, that I actually identify as is demisexual, which is the tendency to, um, you know, while I may find someone attractive out, you know, in the world, I'm, you know, I I find people attractive. Um, I am not as uh, interested in moving straight to a sexual encounter. Um, I tend to be most attracted when I have an emotional connection to someone. So I tend to be someone who, in the context of like dating, I want to meet someone and have, you know, very limited or no, like kind of sexual encounter early on. I want to get to know them. I want to understand who they are and, and what drives them and you know get to a point where we at least on some level care about each other before I really feel like fully attracted to someone. And that doesn't mean that I haven't had my experiences in life that were um, <laughs> you know heat of the moment, et cetera, but like literally when I am dating somebody, other people become less attractive to me because the person that I'm dating has become significantly more attractive based on what I know about them and the connection I have with them. Yeah, that's a term that I don't think a lot of people would know about. but uh, yeah, I, I think that's something that's that's interesting. And there there are more um, terms as well. Those are the ones that I'm familiar with. And you know if anyone listening wants to share any additional um, that you would like, mentioned, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'll do another episode on, on gender and sexuality, um, and I'd be happy to, to cover some more terms as well, but um, wanted to mention some of those.
1: I'm glad you mentioned or, or went into more detail with demisexual. That's one of those terms, like, I, I knew, like, like the most basic definition, but I really like the, I don't know, like, the more detail and nuance you put into what you mentioned about it just now. It was very informative.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm happy to share. And it's, it was one of those things where I never knew that there was kind of a way to describe it. And for a lot of my um, experience through college, et cetera, like I, you know, again, I had my experimental phases, et cetera, but oftentimes I was um, kind of not, I don't want to say fully like harassed, but I was um, teased uh, quite frequently for being A little bit naive for wanting monogamy myself. Um, I was teased as like for uh, as though I was a prude because I didn't want to you know go out and have exploits and then share in full graphic detail about my exploits. Like you know there were just there were things like that that were that I always felt unique about and so when I learned more about this idea of demisexuality it was like wow I I feel like I'm coming out again, because it's like another (laughs) element that helps me understand myself and that it's okay to be exactly who you are and to like what you like and to not like what you don't like. And, um, you know, it, it's okay to just be you. Definitely. On that note, I wanted to talk a little bit about non-binary. Um, so I'll, I'll give just the basic. And then if you want to kind of like talk about that a little bit, I know you said you use they, them pronouns. Yeah. Um. So at, at the basic level, a binary is like two things at, at opposite ends. And so a binary means that there's this or there's that. It's one or it's the other. And those are the two options. That is the definition of binary so in this context thinking about like male female man woman uh gay straight that is like that is the binary way of looking at things but non-binary means that there's more so
1: yeah so um that that's a great way to put it as like a a baseline definition um i guess it took me a while to figure out like even just a lot of like these like like more basic queer terms that we're talking about now. Um, When I first came out as like queer, I I was identifying as like a trans uh, man because at the time I didn't realize there were any other options than to just be either like the gender I was assigned at birth or the opposite because like I'd literally been taught nothing about any like LGBT issues up until I started teaching myself at like age 22. Um, the, as the, the more I started to like just searching stuff online really is how I really started figuring out who I was um, once I at least came out as like not straight and not cisgender. um, I realized that like I was using he him pronouns but I didn't feel any more comfortable with those pronouns than I did with the, the she her pronouns i had been using my entire life and um that realization was was what made me start thinking well maybe there's there really is something there maybe there is an in-between because like I'd heard the term like non-binary tossed around a bit like online but I would never really had anyone really explain it to me or talk to me about it so I would I had been under the assumption that in order to be taken seriously in like the queer community I had to be like one or the other which in retrospect that's a terrible mindset to have but that's where I was at the time um but yeah so now I've I realized I'm most comfortable just existing like really almost like simultaneously in between and outside of the binary that's like the best way I can put it
0: yeah that's really great and I think you know it's when I think about even back when I was, um, back when I was in college, and I, you know, we had all of these queer spaces and queer resources, et cetera, nobody really talked about non-binary as a possibility at the time. Like this is this has been more, I guess, more recent. Maybe in the last ten years or so that I've actually started to hear conversations about what it means to be non-binary and using they, them pronouns and not having to choose this or that. And it just makes so much sense. And, you know, even, you know, a lot of times people I think would think of like, you know, that, oh, it must be then in the middle of, you know identifying as male or or female, then the middle would be non-binary. And I like that you emphasize that you can feel both between those states, but also outside of those states. So I almost think of it um, and you can tell me if, you know, if you think of it differently, but I almost think of it as like a triangle where instead of there being two ends, you actually have this kind of whole spectrum that you can range from in inside or out of that binary um, and that's so interesting. like there's endless possibilities you know and you as you said like gender is fluid and so how you feel today doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to feel the same way in a year two years or 5 months from now you know
1: definitely i like that like that illustration of like a like a triangle on like a, a graph or something that's really cool
0: <laughs> yeah i just i like to think of like <laughs> instead of everything being St- still beholden to this binary <laughs> like it can things can exist outside of that mm-hmm. as well so for sure thank, thank you for sharing your experience and your your understanding I appreciate that
1: oh of course
0: <laughs> um so a couple other terms I wanted to piece apart here um is the word transgender um and then some other words, one that has not been used as much recently, but is <laughs> is the word that was formerly used that was transsexual. Um, and then also sometimes people conflate the word cross-dressing with fitting into the same category. And I think that it's important for us to kind of pick those apart a little bit. Oh, definitely,
1: um, I'd say it's very important.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So the word transgender, um, Is kind of partnered with the word cisgender um, as kind of opposite sides of the coin. So if you think about, and and this is, you know, the science nerd in me remembers, I remember learning about molecules that were, um, (laughs) you know, cis or het, or I'm sorry, uh, cis or trans (laughs) was how they were used to define uh, same or different. So if you had a trans molecule, then the things on the ends were going in different directions, whereas like on different sides. Whereas if you had cis molecules, then they were, uh, the ends were on the same side. And so that was kind of where I came to understand those understand those prefixes. But in the context of gender, transgender means gender that is different from the gender or sex assigned at birth. Whereas cisgender means same. So your your gender identity Matches your uh, sex assigned at birth, essentially. Is there anything that you would add to that?
1: Um, I would uh, say that, or I'd want to address like a, a common misconception that I used to like experience personally, but also that I still see at, like at play in society. Like, some people assume that, um, like someone who's transgender like identifies as like the opposite of what they were assigned at birth and only the opposite. Um, like I know I didn't realize initially, like when I was first coming out that like non-binary people are still under the umbrella of trans. It's really, it's just, if you identify by anything other than what you were assigned at birth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that distinction. Um, cause you were, we just talked about how it's not a binary. And so, um, yeah, anything other than, than you, I or than, uh, what you were assigned at birth, um, would, would fit into that, that transgender spectrum. Um, and, you know, it's important that we focus, I think, on gender, which is kind of the difference between sexual, transsexual, and transgender. It's important that we focus on gender because, um, I think when people thought of the word transsexual back in the day, a lot of that was tied to, like actually having biological surgeries to alter the body to qualify then as transsexual. And that's how it was used anyway. Mm -hmm. And that understanding, I think, has shifted a lot uh, to today. But importantly, someone can be transgender and have no surgeries. They don't have to dress differently or behave differently. They just have to tell you, I am not the gender I was assigned at birth right?
1: Yes. Um, transsexual is one of those terms that's, it's definitely outdated now. And in a lot of circles, it can even be like offensive or derogatory to refer to someone as a transsexual as opposed to like just saying they're, they're trans.
0: I, I appreciate that distinction for sure. Um, so yeah, let us put the word transsexual to rest as an archaic and outdated term that doesn't reflect um, the conversations that we're having today.
1: Definitely. And like even the like the medical terminology that's being used now to refer to like, you know, medical surgeries for trans people, like even like the terminology used for that now is like reflecting a shift in how we perceive like trans people, because it's, it's no longer called like sex reassignment surgery. Most people are calling it like gender confirmation or gender affirming surgery,
0: um, I think that that's really great. I have heard that gender affirming um, surgery so that, yeah, it's not saying that we're, we're changing something, it's we're matching who you are. Um, so, and then the third term that we had, I had mentioned earlier was cross-dressing, which I think is it's really unfortunate that this gets um, thrown into the mix as part of this conversation because it really is more of a, um, uh, a personal choice. It, I mean, when people think of cross-dressing the way traditionally it's been thought of is in a sexual context, um, as more of a fetish that someone has, um, but it, it's not always sexual. Um, but typically the, the idea of cross-dressing is not necessarily a reflection of a change or a difference in gender. Um, right. As much as it is an interest that someone has.
1: Um, right, because I would say like, like drag shows would be like, a, like a type like an expression of cross dressing, and drag shows it like well at least in most cases aren't considered an inherently like sexual thing.
0: Right yeah and I, I you know obviously there's there's elements of it that are sexualized for humor, <laughs> <Right>. sake, mostly. <laughs> um, but I think I think you're right it's it is more of an art form. And so the idea of cross dressing can go can range everywhere from art form to um, you know something that someone is turned on by and and any any of that is okay, Um, but it's very different from the idea of actually being transgender. Um, Transgender individuals are not cross dressing; they are dressing to match their gender or their dressing as they so please because anyone (laughs) should be able to dress any with any way that they please any in in truth even the idea of cross-dressing is a little bit of a construct because we've told ourselves and each other what is acceptable for people to wear based on their gender as well
1: oh definitely one of like the uh, like a really good trend that like i'm seeing online like especially on like tiktok and like stuff like that like People, more and more, like, especially, like, younger people are trying to emphasize, like, clothes do not have a gender. And I think that's a really, like, great, like, progress that's being made.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would agree. All right, well, that's it for part one. Thank you so much for listening. And as I mentioned, part two will be coming up in a couple weeks. Um, the, there's just so many so many different terms and things to understand. And so I think in addition to not putting out an egregiously long episode, it's also important to kind of uh, process and reflect on the the information in this episode over, you know, a couple different uh, timeframes instead of trying to learn everything and comprehend everything all at once. Um, In addition to, you know, if you have any feedback about the episode, things that you want added and things, go ahead and send them to mittenpolitics at gmail.com. I'm also happy to answer any questions and help provide resources for anyone who is interested. I think one of the best things that you can do is continue to educate yourself. I am doing my best to continue to educate myself and expand my understanding of these terms and make sure that I'm just respecting those uh, that that I encounter in my life. There's no reason that we can't respect other people. It's one of the simplest things that you can do and the most impactful. Um, so we're going to talk more about uh, these these items in in part two. Uh, one thing I like to highlight is that it's always a good idea to consider adding your pronouns, uh, even if you are you know cisgender, uh, meaning you know that you your gender matches uh, what was assigned at birth, um, you know, and and so using adding things like he him or she her or they them to your profiles. Your public profiles, uh, and you know, even in like in the world of online, where we're using things like Zoom and Google Meet and things like that, if you have the opportunity—not all programs allow you to—but if you have the opportunity to modify your name and add them in parentheses after your name, that's a really good thing to do as well. It just helps to make it so that uh, when our trans our trans siblings uh, are are putting their pronouns they're not the only ones using their pronouns. It's a very simple and easy thing to do. If you actually edit it on the account level, so like for Zoom, for example, if you actually do it by in the settings for Zoom, then it will actually retain those pronouns every time you go into a meeting versus having to change them within the meeting itself. You can rename yourself and add them there, but it only does it for that one time. So uh, adding your pronouns is, is a great way to show allyship um, especially if you're relatively new to this community, um, new to understanding this community. Uh, and yeah, so outside of that, please make sure to check out my Instagram at Mitten underscore politics. I also have a Facebook page at Mitten politics with no space or underscore. Um, and then, as I mentioned, my email is Mitten at gmail.com. Uh, so, I will see everyone hopefully for part two in a couple weeks.